Welcome to the Belgian Football Podcast. I'm your host, Joris Beck, for this episode. And this episode is of the BFP is one of our special match previews, this time of the upcoming Europa League fixture between AA Gent and Srena Zvezda, more commonly known outside of Serbia as Red Star Belgrade, on the 5th of November, so this Thursday. To help us whet our European football appetites even further, we've been joined by a special guest, Neboša Markovic, a Serbian football journalist for Mondo, to give us the lowdown on that team. Welcome to the BFP, Nebosha. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? It's pretty good. It's getting interesting here. And the Red Star game is getting closer. Also, Serbia are soon going to play Scotland in the Euro 2020 playoff final. So it's it's going to be an interesting 10 days ahead. Yeah, it sounds like it indeed. Uh, well, okay, to dive straight in, uh, it seems a bit logical to ask, uh, how, how is the domestic season actually going for uh, Srena Svezda? Um, domestic season is going really, really well for them. Um, they've played 13 matches so far and they've won 11 of those. The other two they drew, so they're almost perfect. Uh, one of those, actually those two matches came back to back when they didn't win. And uh, the first one of them was against Partizan, which is their uh, fierce rival. And uh, they played away from home. So uh, a point um, allowed them to stay far ahead of uh, their big rivals. And that was a good point for them. And then after the game against Hoffenheim, they they surprisingly drew nil-nil against uh, a mid-table side, Javor. And it was a nil-nil. So... That wasn't expected, but it was nothing to to worry anyone at, at Red Star because that was the match where they created a lot of chances. They they had a penalty they didn't score from. So it was just one of those matches when things don't come together, don't click together. But they they didn't really they didn't really think that much about a draw after the game because they changed they changed some players before the game against Slovan and then that game went really, really well. So no one was worried after that draw, and now things are looking pretty good for Red Star. Yeah, that sounds uh, like an impressive record so far. Yeah, so what what are the fans getting more to the Europa League? What were the fans' expectations for uh, for the team in the Europa League this season? What what were also what were the feelings uh, after the draw? The general feelings. Well, uh, the general feeling was that it would be good to play in the Europa League this season, uh, because after the last two seasons playing in the Champions League. The fans mostly knew that it's unrealistic to play every single season, especially when uh, Red Star are a team that needs to go uh, through the four qualifying stages. And then also this season, the first three stages were uh, single-legged games. So that made it even harder. So reaching the Europa League was was good for them. And uh, it's important for them to continue playing in, in group stages in both of those competitions. So it, this is their fourth season in, in European uh, group stages in a row. And um, the feeling after the draw was, um, I would say, positive. It was not a very, how would I put it? It was not a, a group with a lot of sides that have uh, big names. They didn't get to play against Arsenal or sides like that. But um, that's, uh, in a way, a good thing because uh, they can now focus on trying to get out of the group and, and reach uh, the knockout stages. And that's basically the goal at Red Star, to, to try and get out of the group. And after beating Slovan so, uh, so well and in such an emphatic manner, that means that the the expectations are now set that yes they can 
do it and they have to push for it. Yeah, so there's definitely belief in qualifying for the next stages. Um, I see that. How was the game against Slovan? Like, I know Kent actually lost to them uh, the game before, which was a bad thing, obviously. Well, in, in fact, this was one of those historic nights for Red Star because this was their biggest ever win in UEFA group stages. Um, they they haven't won this in such an important in, uh, lo- um, far into the season match. Uh, this with a, such a big scoreline, so that was that was not expected, of course, before the game. But it was a, it was a really great match, and a couple of players and and uh, people uh, were saying after the game that uh, it was a pity that there were no fans in the stadiums to to actually witness this uh, important and really big win because Red Star were really amazing on the night. They didn't just score five goals; they were. Um, they were running a riot at one point, and they actually, I think, scored five goals before uh, the 70th minute. So they even had more time. So they had to ease off and maybe conserve some energy. And they had 20 shots in that game. They had nine shots on target. They even had a um, really big uh, two v two chance when they were running from basically from the halfway point of the pitch, and it, they didn't even score from that chance, which was one of their best chances of the match. And they also had a lot of possession, over 60%. So it was a match they really dominated. They could have even scored more. Um, of course, it doesn't matter. Um, they, they've scored five. That's incredible enough. And uh, now, of course, the... The, the mood around the team is 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 really good and after after hand uh, lost the first two games um they actually now feel that this could be their chance because if if they win on thursday then they would have a, a big cushion on that team and they would have there to hope that hoffenheim would win their game so that they would remain in the top two spa- places so um, it's um, it was a it was a it was a really good game that uh, it was really hard to even say which player was the best on the pitch. There were so many good individual performances. Sounds, sounds worrying <laughs> for Ghent uh, already. Uh, but which you know, if you go broader of outside of the game, which are the players that Ghent have to look out for, especially uh, the key players of the team? Well, that's obviously their um, main attacking players. Um, one of them is Alexander Katai, who who arrived this summer after uh, his spell in MLS, where he was playing for Chicago Fire and also LA Galaxy. And uh, he was one of the, he's one of those players that can be so influential in everything he does. And um, he was exactly that way playing against Slovan. And uh, uh, he was playing on the left of a midfield uh, of, um, of the two wingers. And he was the left winger. And um, there was also Mirko Ivanic, who is... Um, Another player who uh, actually wasn't uh, before this season wasn't always at his best, maybe, but now he's really shining. And in that match, he was also uh, playing as a number ten, and uh, he was uh, using those pockets that uh, Slovan players were leaving open. He was using them very intelligently and um, basically creating a lot of chances around him. There's also El Fardu Ben, who is one of the more important players for Estar in the recent years. And uh, he played on the right uh, in in that match, and and he scored twice the first two goals, and he also created another goal. So he was officially the man of the match because of that. And his his influence was maybe sometimes understated in in recent times, but he's always been influential. He's a consistent performer, 
And in attack, there is um, Diego Falcinelli, who is an Italian striker who arrived from um, Bologna on loan. And there are even some rumors going around in Serbia that Red Star are already thinking about getting him on on on, uh, on a real deal from from Bologna, um, getting them from from the Serie A club. So it's uh, those attacking players are the most important ones. Gaylor Kanga didn't even play in that game. He he had some uh, coronavirus issues and he was uh, rested for that match. So there's a lot of options for Dan Stankovic up front. And uh, when those players click, things like we had seen against Slovan can actually happen because those are really good individual players. Yeah, it sounds like the force lies in the in the attacking uh, department of the team. Indeed, Do the, does that also is that also reflected in the in the usual setup? Usually, it's mostly a four-two-three-one with. Uh, and now uh, the, the 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 formation that they played against Slovan really worked well. And uh, but for example, against Hoffenheim, it was a completely different system. Uh, Stankovic chose to play with three center backs. It was more of a three-four-two-one because Hoffenheim are um, obviously a stronger side and they played away from home. And actually, that was the first time he used that system. He it, it was a surprise before the game. But it worked really well, especially considering it was the first time they were playing in a, in that formation. And uh, for the most part of the game, they managed to shut down uh, Hoffenheim's wingbacks, who are always very dangerous. And they also played with three centre-backs to, to, to work against the two centre-forwards that Hoffenheim usually play with. So it was a good tactical choice for that game. It didn't work out completely, but... Only in terms of a result, actually, it, it worked out very well. So that's another option that Stankovic will have in the future. But playing at home, I wouldn't expect him to, to play with three centre-backs again. Uh, maybe he will keep that uh, for away games or trying to keep a managers guessing. So um, in the Europa League, there were chance, changes in, in that regard, but it, it showed a flexible how flexible he can be. Uh, because Dan Stankovic, as the new coach who is pretty new to that job and his career, and he was always kind of uh, thought of as someone that is not yet tactically astute, and because he's still learning, it's his first uh, job as a as a first team coach. So in these two games, he actually proved that uh, he can find some interesting solutions. Um, we could say they worked in both games, even though the first match, Hoffenheim won 2-0. I've heard rumors about that uh, game. Reds are played a really good first half. Um, in the second half, they actually conceded after more than an hour of, of play uh, through a penalty. And then there was a, a late goal when it was still 1-0 in injury time. So uh, it was... Uh, it was a good performance overall. There was also this small side story. Well, that was actually before the draw was made, I believe. But uh, Milos Degenek, central, central, central defender, uh, was was uh, rumored to be transferred to the Belgian league this summer. They, it, I, the rumors were actually to Ghent. Do you maybe have any idea uh, what exactly was going on? 
and also if um, he's expected to be leaving in the winter transfer window then Milos Vegenic is one of those players that is often rumored with a move he he already once left Red Star when he went to uh, to the uh, to the Middle East and then he returned soon after um, so he's always one of those and uh, of those players and he's also one of those that has been really important so he's also one of the guys that Red Star can can sell and earn some money um, and uh, it's not a surprise that uh, when Degenek is being um, rumored with a move away there were some even posts on social media that some media were reporting about as they might be uh, a message that he might be leaving but there was nothing concrete on that front and in the end he he, he stayed and um, he's he's there to play another another six matches in in this time in Europa League he played in the Champions League as well for Red Star so uh, in, in January there will probably be some opportunities but it's um, it's still a long time from now, especially especially in these times. So we, we'll have to see. But at, at 26, he's one of those players that can get a move and uh, maybe progress in, in his career. He's not too young. He's not too old. So he, there is time for him to, to, to make some nice move. I think it had to do the rumors game because it, he wouldn't leave generally because of him being an important player but uh, there was rumors that it was needed for because of financial issues is there anything to that well yeah the, the qualification for europa league helped and there was the the usual talk of uh, financial crisis and uh, but um, there was nothing too specific in, in serbia that's a regular occurrence that need, clubs need to to sell their players sometimes even their their best players in order to to, to get the money and to bring in some new guys and maybe uh, give chances to some younger players so that they can sell them. And that's a, now a usual story for, for serving clubs for, for the last 15, 20 years. So that's nothing unusual. Yeah, also, while we're touching on different players, uh, there was also another player. You didn't mention him yet, but I think he has been important for Red Star before, Richmond Boyakie. He has also been rumored with, well, it's been a few years though, but uh, to Anderlecht and Club Rouge, I think, both of these. Uh, are you surprised he is still with uh, Srena Zvezda? Well, yes and no. Mostly yes, because there were so many rumors about him leaving and there were attempts to, to sell him, but um, he, he stayed and he had some really, really good spells at Red Star, especially in the in the domestic league. And But in, in recent times, he, he has had some issues with injuries. And um, now when Red Star have uh, Falcinelli to play up front and who is obviously making uh, people think about uh, signing him on, on a full-time basis, um, then there is not much space for Boac right now because uh, he is in the Red Star usually play with with uh, one center forward and especially because in our league there is um, the limit for four uh, foreign players in the team so the the clubs also have to to, to think about that. Yeah, then I'll have to tell you and also our uh, listeners that might not know that Ghent already are, well, most of our listeners will know that they have, are having some issues in defense in goal anyway. They're struggling. And it seems like these problems might only get bigger because, well, they first of all, they blundered with not putting uh, Bolat on the squad list. He, he was uh, suspended for first few games in Europe and that's why they didn't put it in put him on the list and in the end he can't play in any in any other game this uh, well at least until the winter if they would still be 
in uh, in Europe. Then the second goalkeeper now on uh, roof, unfortunately, is one of these players that has tested positive, so he can't play either. And well, actually, they have a decent third goalkeeper, Kozemans, uh, but they didn't enlist him for Europe. Well, because he's a third keeper, you wouldn't expect him to play anyway. This poses a lot of problems for them, so it will most likely be even a, a debut for 17-year-old uh, Owen Jochmans. And unfortunately, for that's not even everything. On top of that, uh, both central defenders, Hanke Olsen and Plastoon, who are not necessarily playing together, but they are featured in the team regularly, are also out because of positive COVID tests. Um, well, this was a very long introduction, but uh, are there also going to be any players missing um, from Srena Zvezda for yeah for the same reason or for other reasons uh, at what we of what we know from the, at the time of this recording? Well, right now, no. Uh, they had uh, two players tested positive recently, uh, Gaylor Kanga and uh, Mirko Ivanic. They were both uh, positive at one point, and now they're back in the team with Ivanic returning a little bit earlier. Kanga returned a few days later and um, right now the situation is good we've uh, we know about the the issues that ha- that Ghent have right now um there were reports in media about the, those uh, i think four coronavirus cases and that uh, even the, that young goalkeeper would could probably be in goal for that game um so that that can only be better for red star in one way but i i believe they will not the the players and the team and the and the coach will not think too much about that they they need they want to win and they need to win if they want to get out of the get out of the group and have everything under control under their control they would anyway have to go and try to win this match so uh if that helps and that happens red star didn't have uh some important players uh, for the game against Hoffenheim. So um, it, especially this season, everything is going to be a little bit crazy, uh, but um, that's the situation and uh, rest are will just uh, try to get the best possible results for them. Yeah, also we've seen it with different teams in Europe that had cases, that had many cases that actually performed well anyway. How do you feel about the games? Are you confident? Well, um, I'm confident because of their confidence that they're probably feeling now. Um, I'm not going to predict anything. That's always tricky. But um, I think that they're feeling really good, that they're in a good moment. Um, they're running away with it in the league, pretty much. Um, they uh, in in Europa League, they had a good start. It, it's not easy to play the first match away at, at Hoffenheim, but at least they they've got done with that, and now they have uh, they have uh, two matches uh, in a row against Gen. So if if they can get um, four points from those two matches, they would be in a really good position, especially if Hoffenheim do well against Slovan. Um, so uh, that's all calculations right now. Um, I think the Red Star are in a good moment because uh, there is a feeling that the players are now really, really have bought into what Dan Stankovic wants to do with them and that there, there needed to be a little bit of time of uh, getting to know each other, especially after several years that uh, Vladan Milojevic was there before him and, and he managed to get Red Star into Europa League knockouts. He managed to get them to consecutive Champions League qualifications, which never happened before. And that and that was historic in these modern times, post-1992. In that regard, it always needed time for, for Stankovic to 
to get the players to to know him for him to know them and and um is uh, pretty charismatic with with his players so um now he's also shown some tactical acumen in the in the Europa League so things are looking very positive can't really have to take something out of these games this is really already the last chance for them so I don't know if that helps for uh, either of these teams. We'll have to see that, of course. It can. It, it might not. Uh, if if Gander played way too open, it might help Red Star. Uh, it's a uh, it's a big stadium in Belgrade, so th- there will be no fans to to help out. But still, um, it, it's going to be really interesting. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I will also suggest our listeners to check out our guest's personal Twitter account at Markovic NEB, for short for Nebosha, on Twitter for a great insight into the Serbian league. Is there also anything you'd like to plug yourself? Um, no, not really. Just um, hoping that they've enjoyed our conversation and that we'll have a good game on, on Thursday. Yeah, we all, as, uh, as our listeners already know, we always love to receive feedback, questions, comments here at the BFP. So if you, as a listener, fancy a bit of that, you can always tweet us under the handle at Belgian Podcast or alternatively email us at belgianfoodpodcast at gmail.com. As always, you can also find us on our personal Twitter accounts. My own account is uh, Joris underscore Beck. As you have noticed by now, Scott and Ben were both not here, but you can find Scott at Scott underscore coin. And our regular host, Ben, can you can find it at BenJack94. We will be back with you again soon on another episode of the Belgian Football Podcast.